John and Emily, the how-to podcast by siblings who don't know anything. My name is Emily Downey. And my name is not John Downey. Uh, We are joined today by... Taylor. Thanks so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Sorry, I didn't know where you wanted me to pick up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the lean in now. Yeah, I'm gonna I, say more. I didn't know anything. Look, just just as long as there's no dead air, we're good. Um, so nothing like that. You so put no- your hands up like <laughs> so, you were gonna say so, something, and then you said nothing instead. No, I wanted to make a joke about dead air. Yeah, no. <laughs> we've the thing is we've made it. That's the problem with podcasting is we've made the dead air joke like many, 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 many times at this point over the past uh, six years. Oh, my God. Wow. Congratulations, Thank guys. You. Six years. Yeah. And about uh, two years worth of episodes. So it's great. I feel like it's more than that. You guys are in the upper. You guys are like three years in right now. You're like 180 or something crazy like that. Yeah. We've made a lot. Um, 150 would be three years. 156. That'd be one a week. 52 times three. Yeah. I, I know that. <laughs> Why wouldn't I know that? I'm just a podcaster. Knows math. I, I know math. I've lost my train of thought now. And I was going to say something, but I'm looking directly into your eyeballs too, which is like such a weird space for me to be podcasting from because John and I are never in the same room when we podcast because even if we are in the same place, we typically will go to different rooms because that's how we learned to podcast with one another and it's not a perfect system but it works for us absolutely yeah being completely disarmed right right now by taylor's steady gaze (laughs) i love uh i got a buddy of mine who had an extra closet in his apartment and that turned into the recording booth and he just you know put the paneling all up on the walls and a light on the top that would be ideal just to just to be in this really one-on-one situation. The problem is I normally look at myself in the Zoom mm-hmm. when I when I do podcasts. Narcissus in his pool. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It works for me. It's it's, you know, that I make the jo- the jokes for the one person who my audience is and that's me, you know. I do it for myself. Yeah. Well, uh, what are we talking about today, Emily? Oh my gosh, you just jumped right into it. You just got right into it. Feet you're first. To... I told you, I'm leaning in. No, you're supposed to. You know, we're supposed to beat beat around the bush and talk about how your day was oh. and and my do a bunch was... of you know. Well, my day stalling. was I, 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 I would say I would give it a, a solid six out of ten. Um, to be fair, I don't think I've ever had a ten out of ten day because I've like stubbed my toe or something. But uh, I went to the oh dentist God. today. Let's stub your toe, ruin a literally perfect day. Well, I'd take it from ten to nine. You know, it's oh not. It's not. Oh my God! Well, that's still an A. You're allowed to enjoy your life. I don't enjoy stubbing my toe though. Yeah, but you're gonna let it ruin it. No. An otherwise perfect. I don't day? think ten to nine is ruining. It's just not perfect. Ten out of ten would be perfect. A perfect day would be stubless. I just don't understand you. Okay, um, but what were you? You went to the dentist. I went to the dentist, so I think you caught me at a good time because the Novocaine is just wearing off now, and the gin is just starting to kick in. Because mm-hmm. uh, before, when I first came home, I was they numb both sides of my mouth, so I was, um, I would have sounded a little bit more like Snagglepuss when I <laughs> when I was recording then. So I think you're catching me at a good time here. That's good. I'm 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 glad we're getting the ideal Taylor, but Perfect. sad today. That your day is only a six out of ten, even with recording downtime. Well, that's what brought it up to a six. Before that, you know, dentist who who <laughs> has it who has it like above seven out of ten day when they went to the dentist as the primary activity. Once I'm at like when I'm at the dentist, it's still a pretty good day. It's the aftermath of the dentist, like the numb lips and the achy jaw. That's that's what brings it down. The dentist, they're like we Taylor and I just found a new dentist, and they are 
damn delightful. Yeah, they really they are. They're amazing. They got like TVs hanging up above you. It's I, like, like going wanna, to the. I want to hang out there. I know. <laughs> I they keep asking if they, their chairs have heaters and the roller, the massage roller things, massage, and they keep there's asking. There's heaters in it. Yeah, that's what they said today. <gasps> they never told me about heaters. Yeah. They, they turn on the massage for me though, which they I do don't. Enjoy. I I've asked. They've asked every time, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need that many sensations going on at once. The sensation of please don't open your mouth because you will choke yourself. Like the teeth scraping and everything, mm-hmm. the air suction, the noises happening all around, the gentle screaming of children having their teeth extracted. The last thing I need on top of that is a gentle shoulder rub. Like that's not gonna, that doesn't. It's it, just a little lower back rumble. It does lead me to believe though, if my body is jiggling ever so slightly, if they're gonna like slip and fuck up because yeah, right? of the, the massage chair element, it's a very gentle massage. Is that it's a not secret, like the ones at the pedicure. Is that a secret of dentistry? That the reason they do Novocaine, like, sure, it numbs you, but that's that's secondary to the real reason is they you won't feel it when they fuck up. I mean, that's definitely a concern because I don't know if you remember, but it took me calling nine different dentistry practices in order to find this particular dentist. And before that, I was going to resort to being a test subject at uh, Vir- Virginia Commonwealth University, which is the local college here one of the local colleges here in richmond and they were seriously going on about how you know students are going to be you know working on your teeth and then then if you needed something done which turns out i very much did and i knew this when i was making these calls that if i did need something more done like more intense care or cavities filled or crowns or a new tooth or whatever then they were going to refer me not to a doctor but to one of the grad students oh so i was going to graduate God. from like under like i think literally undergraduate dentistry be 18 to 21 on yeah average. like i yes and then they're gonna or something like to a postdoc or it was literally one level of student to the next level of student terrifies me yeah absolutely not no and i was seriously gonna do because i'm not that worried about the dentist but they were like oh yeah it's just 80 dollars and we'll clean your teeth and give you an exam and a slap I on the ass insurance. and a powerade afterward yeah like i don't that i don't need that in my life the only problem was it's it's you know if you need to schedule your dental appointments like do it now because you're never gonna see anyone unless you have a dentist already yeah that was the the shit of it um speaking of the student dentists i found out today that my previous dentist the dentist i had from you know when i first started seeing a dentist when i was five or whatever and had enough teeth to uh, earn my place at the dentist chair whatever found out that this old motherfucker um, put a bunch of weird, outdated stuff in my mouth. Like, to the point where when I went, this is the first time I've been to a new dentist in my life. First time I've had dental insurance. Hashtag healthcare for all. Yeah. Um, I found out I have two baby teeth and I have more wisdom teeth than I thought I did. I thought I was going to have zero, but now I have two that came in when I was like 27. So I've got teeth that are too old, teeth that are too young. And then the false tooth that I've had for a long time since I was like 12. And when I told the dentist that they went, why did he do that? Is apparently done in this old fashioned way where it was gold before. And now there's just like a tooth colored cap on top of it. So it's just like this janky set of oh like dentistry through the ages and different ideas that exist like a fossil record in my mouth. You're going to try to get in touch with this guy and they're going to be like, 
what are you talking about? He's been dead for 40 years. <laughs> oh, right. Or he's going to like, no, no, we Ghost put him in prison taste. 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. He's oh, definitely... because of what he was doing with children's teeth. What possibly could he have been doing? Like, we Did can't... you need that false tooth? Did you give him the tooth that fell out before the false tooth? No idea. Well, he took it out of my mouth. What are you talking about? He took teeth out of your mouth. Well, the, problem, the reason I got that false tooth is because, as I've learned recently <laughs> with a lot of my teeth, my teeth are, like, morphologically bad. Like, they're straight now, and they're in, and, you know, my gum health is really nice and everything, but they're they're shaped funny in places. Like, I've got what I thought was a chip on my front tooth for years, but it's actually, like, a discoloration because I either had too much or too little fluoride at some point when the tooth was being developed in my skull. And then it came down and it's just got this little tiny little spot on the right on the front. And like, there's nothing to do about it. So that oh same God. process apparently hit a bunch of my teeth to the point where I thought it was having two cavities filled today. But I had one. And then they numbed me up on both sides. And by the time they got over to the other one, like, huh, no, nah, that's just staining. And we thought it was a cavity because your tooth is shaped weird. Sorry we numbed you that bad. Oh <laughs> like re-upped on the side they didn't end up filling a cavity well, on. I'm super jealous because that was your, your, how old? You're 28. 28. That was my first cavity. It was your first cavity at 28 years old. See, I once went to the dentist as a child. I believe I was in third grade. And I had 11 cavities. Christ. Um, and the reason I didn't get in trouble was because John had more than me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but my dad. It you guys a, just like packing Sour Patch Kids? Like. It was a funereal atmosphere in the car ride home. He was so mad at us. Oh he gosh. was so mad. Well, um, yeah, having just paid for you know, what it cost me to have one cavity filled and my teeth sealed, had, whatever that means. Like that was 300 bucks. I don't want to think about how much that must have cost. I had to go to the dentist every single Monday afternoon for like two months That's <laughs> to get cavities. So filled. funny. But yeah, my teeth are so bad. And it's not like I have poor dental hygiene, but my teeth are so bad that they asked me because I was a new patient here. They asked me if I was brought up on well water, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I was not. <laughs> Were you a child of the depression? Are you a time traveler? Are you a mouth breathing appellation? I I breathe through my nose. I I brush my teeth. I don't know what I did. So yeah, this past time, because Taylor and I did the same thing, which is we both turned 26 and stopped going to the dentist because that's what you do when you turn 26 is you lose your parents insurance and then you're just out there in the world and you're supposed to be getting dental insurance and then on top of having dental insurance scheduling dentist appointments like well, the dentist does not one. contact you yeah right yeah that's something that i thought was gonna be less on me i thought they were gonna say like here's your insurance here is your dentist you know i no. thought they had like some sort of arrangement like no no here is your insurance good luck good good fucking luck because i tried so i knew shit was wrong you know but taylor yeah, yeah yeah so well yeah things are terribly wrong outside of my mouth mine are better than i thought they were taylor had one (laughs) cavity since leaving the age of 26 i had five really yes damn that was the total count was five you gotta eat less sugar i I don't eat sugar i don't eat more sugar i just (laughs) that's the thing and they're like do you eat sweets do you this stuff i'm like no i don't even like sweets i don't have sugar in my coffee i don't i don't do any of that i drink milk and eat a candy bar like almost every day oh whenever it's God. in the house like halloween i was sneaking
drinking and one you of drink those fun sodas. I do drink soda pop sometimes, but that's really just kind of a recent kick. I usually don't drink soda. It's all iced tea typically. Mm. But I've been a weird diet soda kick for like a month. And it's it's coming to the end. I can feel it. Like I don't mm-hmm. want the sweetness anymore. It's gonna it. be yeah, it's gonna be back to iced tea for another couple of years, and then you know whatever diet coke will come around for a hot oh sec. My God, that's what it is. It's all the iced tea fortifies my teeth. I think it's the milk. The milk. <laughs> such such strong enamel. Either that or it's the fact that your teeth are shaped weird and maybe they're like, they've got extra enamel on them oh too, my God. you know? What is it, like a Faraday cage, but for plaque? <laughs> like it's just the geometry of my teeth are such that plaque doesn't stick. Oh my God. Well, if so, I'm very jealous of you because I have very pretty teeth. They look very nice. They do. But uh, they are uh, garbage on the inside. Turns out they're just like a... Um, uh, an actor you know what i mean they're like mm-hmm. all pretty on the outside and then they're actually like demons on the inside of Just demon pre- teeth yeah they play the part of good teeth exactly <laughs> exactly hell is empty and all the demons are in my teeth are in <laughs> my teeth just just slowly leeching me of every happiness and scent i have but now I get to get a super great relationship with this dentist because I'm supposed to be back there six weeks from now. Yeah, they told me six months. Yeah, no. <laughs> they don't like you. This is the thing is I'm going to be the best customer at the dentist and they're going to love me forever. And one of these days I will win the best patient award for being so nice and sweet and such a good patient. First of all, it's on like Donkey Kong. And what you have to deal with now is I managed to form a joke because we had such a strong connection while they had at least four fingers in my mouth. And I think that, that, is a favorite customer moment. We bonded. I, I'll, so like, did we, clearly. We stri- Like, I know how many children and dogs everyone has. I was showing them pictures of our new puppy that we're going to be getting um, on Tuesday. So by the time this episode is out... Um, no. We'll have not slept. We'll, no, we won't have slept. But it, it depends when the episode comes out. But we are getting... You know, like on Valentine's Day. A puppy. A puppy. So I told everyone that because everyone loves a puppy and therefore everyone loves me. Yeah, I don't spread around our private life like that. Yeah, I do. I keep it nice and, and, you know, private. Yeah. As we talk about our private life, like our very, uh, you know, private. Everyone can see my teeth. It's not like, you know, (laughs) the rest of my health, which is all hidden by my skin. Yeah, well, it's, it's now off to our thousands of listeners. So there you go. Hey. Maybe they'll donate for the cause. Do a GoFundMe for mild dental care. For for my dental care, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yours is good. Mine is like, I wanted to get a mouth guard because I have a small mouth and I have a problem opening my jaw. It's going to be 600 fucking dollars. No, it's not. We're going to go to the sports authority. We're going to get you a mouth guard, the ones that you boil <laughs> and like bite down on. <laughs> like a football player. Do you boil it? Yeah, you got to boil it to make it pliable and then you bite down on it and oh. it like goes to your mouth, your teeth shape oh yeah it's not bad no we'll do that then yeah (laughs) fuck it (laughs) yeah get one of like the purple ones with the loopy on it so like you're supposed to go yeah Yeah. oh so it goes to the inside of my helmet (laughs) my face cage your face cage that's hey hey don't go out riding your bike without your face cage you on need your face cage on absolutely my face cage is full of spiders and in God. our shed that sounds like something out of hellraiser <laughs> face cage face cage full of spiders um what are we talking about today taylor so you asked me um 
to be on the show because John uh, neglected his duties this week. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to, you. You thought this would be an opportunity to talk about something that John had prevented you from talking yeah, about. Yeah, he doesn't want me to while. talk about this, and I don't know why. And um, what what you said that you wanted to talk about, and correct me if I'm wrong, is solar punk. How I, to solar punk? I desperately want to talk about solar punk because uh, it's been on my radar for a while. And you turned me onto it. Yeah, and. Yeah, now Taylor and I are like doing our house and, and all that stuff and we have our garden and and I really want to and we talk a lot about sustainability on the show, but I feel like it's a very greenwash sustainability, right? Which is, you know, the world is full of it now. Being eco-friendly is is hip and people use it to market products that may be better for the planet, but actually may not as well and currently there's also no regulation on that so if you buy like a product that's like quote green product it's very difficult to find out whether they've just put green letters on something or whether it's actually sustainable it's like it's like part of that neoliberal leviathan right like um yeah okay so this is profitable now to say that something is you know the lower emission or whatever and sure in one sense adding cobalt to lithium batteries inside of hybrid cars lowers the amount of fossil fuel that's burned what it does increase is the number of people who are exploited for their labor and the horrifying environmental consequences of strip mining cobalt primarily out of the Congo. So, like, you know, kind of feels like we're shell gaming environmental yes. disaster. Like, sure, there's less carbon in the atmosphere, but that's a pretty narrow definition of environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole thing with well basically they call it solar punk because being punk is is supposed to be anti-capitalist and anti-establishment right and so you take that and you apply it to sustainability and you say okay we're gonna we're gonna do this in a way that would be um anti-capitalist in sort of a way that's disruptive to the to the capitalist system and so that and it, it disrupts norms right and so I really like the idea of solar punk because it's economical, it's beneficial, and it's anti-capitalist, right? So saying something um, like there's very basic ways to be solar punk, which we'll talk about in a moment, but that's like what draws draws me to it. I think another way to conceive of it is um, like the name solar punk comes like contra cyberpunk, mm-hmm. uh, where cyberpunk as like a form of fiction or art kind of looks at technology as that which like the people will be subsumed or oppressed under. Like it's always dark and gritty and dirty, urban. Um, and it's like human beings are reduced by the pow- like the crushing weight of what technology enables people like the oppressor to do versus solar punk, uh, which imagines technology as a way in which Uh, we can reintegrate human beings into like our environment, our ecology and use like all the good things, like properly good things, like fully holistically good things that technology could allow us to do. So it's imagining like technology being the tool that we go to a greener future, but not But again, in this anti-consumerist sort of way, like green, not for profit, but green because we have to. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it so I I like that also like cyberpunk versus solar, solar punk. punk so yeah. it, it's less um it's less ghost and shell and more Miyazaki yeah and 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 that is a way that a lot of people have taken a look at it if they take it to like it's it's ultimate extreme right yeah. but in the small ways it can be something as simple as using a material that you currently have until it's 
you know, even though it's not the most green way to do something, but saying, well, I'm not just going to throw away all the Ziploc bags I have just because they're, you know, because that's, it doesn't make any sense because what you're trying to do is reduce waste and reduce things like unrecyclable plastics being sent to a landfill. So what do you do anyways? You instead you take those plastic bags and you put them to a different use or you just straight up use them until you don't have any more. Yeah. Or like, um, it's unsexy. Yeah. Sustainability. If you can. Yeah. I like that. Unsexy sustainability, like growing. If you live in an apartment like, yeah, I got a couple of five gallon buckets that I found behind my apartment. I'll grab some dirt. I'm going to grow shit in them. Um, yeah, and if it pisses that. off your landlord, even, even better. better. <laughs> yeah, you know. it is your right as someone who believes in a future that will be here for all of us to piss off a landlord. Absolutely, at least once in your life. But yeah, um, good luck to to have your tomatoes ripen because when I lived in an apartment, that did not happen no. very well. No, but the herbs did very well. Until the dog shat in them. I thought they did better because of that. It's fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't eat them after well, that. No, we cleaned the shit out and we absolutely ate all that. Oh my God. We yeah, did. We it was basil. Taco. It's expensive. I think it was dill. Oh yeah, we definitely ate the dill. Yeah. Well, and then we had a spider mite. There's a whole thing. It was a whole situation. But no, now that we have our own little tiny city plot of land we have built up little raised beds in order to to grow our own food and that's been a and it's been a real thing on my mind especially since we're starting seeds again you know it's february it's time to start thinking about that in the zone we're in and how do we use all the materials we have from last year and also refuse that instead of sending it to a recycling center where it may or may not be recycled you can use that Right? Yeah, yeah. We have a a big old compost bin in the back, which I wasn't excited about. Like I knew we had to do it. Now I love compost. One, it's when it's bright and it's aerobic and the bright bacteria are there. So, it smells really nice. It's so cool. Um, it's cool. It's cool as shit. And we managed to fill a good amount of our raised beds with dirt that we made from our food waste, yeah. like things like onion peels and banana peels and garlic. Peels, a lot of peels, but a you know, like peels. you know, odds and ends, rotten food that we didn't get to, and that it does reduce your guilt too, because if you're like us and you, you know, sort of buy a bunch of vegetables and then you don't get to them in time, then they have. There a always chance. seems to be that last zucchini. Yeah. They're just like ah. Yeah, I wasn't going to eat that. But you know, it can work for you again because instead of throwing it away and you feel very guilty. You can just turn it Reclaim into compost. Those yeah, exactly. You don't have to have pigs or chickens in order to to do this kind of thing. Although pigs and chickens would be dope. What I think a lot of solar punk is, um, so far so far as I understand it, is like none of us. We do not have to all become homesteaders, right? But it would be really nice if there was more green around us, and we can like we can make that happen. Usually by t- by force. <laughs> you, yes. know, like, um, you know, just radical things like i'm gonna plant a tree here like yep that that can be a punk rock scattering sort of attitude places. like hey they're throwing out a bunch of windows and i could use those for something uh, oh, kind yeah. of i think a lot of it also is kind of like reclaiming a lot of skills that i certainly didn't grow up with but i know ancestrally like i have you know and my grandfather was um a subsistence farmer um and a hoarder and a hoarder. Both, both of very which, solar punk. <laughs> very, very solar punk. Like, yeah, it's not about being pretty. It's about it being useful and what you got to do and whatever. But, you know, like I've I've loved 
you know, beginning a garden and using a lot of materials and kind of keeping some materials on hands are like, oh, we've got to fix this thing in the house. Like, got it. Yeah. We've got the, the crap for it. Let's, you know, put it to use. But, you know, I, I just think it's a cool idea sort of orienting us away from, you know, the consumerism, the capitalism, the single use stuff as much as possible without demanding that people pay for it like that's the anti-consumerist part right it's not a gwyneth paltrow style of mm-hmm. going green it's a nah this is gross but i can totally use this thing on the curb here and it's gonna be dope it's gonna use its purpose i don't care what it looks like because it's useful it's already here it's made mm-hmm. and it's gonna piss off my landlord just like the dandelion seeds that i spread all over the last place i lived hell yeah i mean we got ticketed i don't know if i mentioned this on the the podcast before but we got ticketed for for having grass over a certain height and that really pissed both of us off because fuck you this is my house and we don't have a neighborhood association or anything like that because we wouldn't live somewhere that had that a would, homeowners, <laughs> association. Have homeowners association what, what, what got me what got me is, is a 50 dollars ticket right and so like damn that really sucks that's that's a speeding ticket whatever and we called and we said like we aren't gonna get a warning or anything we didn't even know this was a law in yeah. the city that we live in and they said you know the lady was very understanding like well you can always appeal it and like okay that's great it's gonna be 150 dollars to appeal it like okay i i have principles but i don't have a i'm not gonna pay three times the price of the ticket to appeal the ticket and yeah. possibly still have to pay the damn ticket yeah that's a uh that's a f- fucked up thing that more people should call attention to is you can't fucking contest certain certain liens on your house Uh, anyways that was dumb we had to pay 50 dollars, and you know what happened we ripped all the fucking grass out because you know what isn't solar punk grass yeah grass is possibly the worst thing in the world we took the shovel that we had in the backyard and we literally like ripped up all the grass and i threw it somewhere else and sodded it yeah like it was it sucked it was hard and it felt very good because i was not gonna put up with that nope and what do we do we put in a, a drought resistant number of most natives. of which are na- yeah i think yeah. almost everything is native except for the lavender which yeah. we, you know it was on sale and, I, it looked and pretty. i wanted it to cook with yeah. And also to make candles, which I have a bunch of beeswax for candles and beeswax wraps that I have not made yet. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I like this. So did you have anything in mind um, when when you're thinking of, like, how to solar punk? Was there anything that you wanted to talk about or? Um, like- I mean, like, take stuff out of the garbage. Yeah, for sure. Just, like, reclaim shit. Just take it. You yeah. know what I mean? Want to know it's messed up? It's usually a corporate policy. You know, the best buy date, right, uh, is the date that a grocery store usually will throw out that food. It has no bearing on the actual freshness of food. So, you know, a lot of dumpsters are filled with food that is good to eat for Mm -hmm. people, you know, after it's thoroughly washed. Um, What is messed up is that they 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 will either destroy it or they will call the cops on people. You know, like unhoused people or freegans or whatever who try to get that food, which is still food that can be eaten yeah. healthily by people. And they won't just give it away. Because, you know, it is it is more about I would rather destroy this food than give it away for free. Yep. And that's messed the fuck up. Yeah. And that's the other thing about if you do, and this is not entirely solar punk because no one says to be solar punk, you even have to grow your own food, right? But I feel like for for me, the embodiment of that is is becoming a little bit more self-sustaining and growing your own food and, and making your own stuff, right? Like we now 
at least one of our meals every week, even in the winter, is supplemented by something that we grew in the summer that we then canned, right? So for us, that's that's a big part of it, right? And so... And kind of doing it all on the cheap. Yeah. And, you know, doing something like cornering the fields, right? So if you grow a certain amount of food, there's only so much you're going to be able to consume. And sure, you could can it all, but you should also, if you're trying to be anti-capitalist or sort of, you know, anti-establishment, look to give at least some of that away. Yeah. Because that's that's the point, is that you're going to be doing something sustainable and local and good for you, but is it really good if you keep it all to yourself? There's a community The Bible fridge. tells us no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a community... Let me tell you about the first solar punk radical. <laughs> a desert carpenter named, named Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's a, a community fridge, which is just a refrigerator that's out for people to come get food, uh, yep. for you to donate food there. It's like a little library, but for food. You know, uh, which is awesome. So we put extra stuff in there <clears throat> and we will do so when we grow more this summer. Yeah. Because, you know, you shouldn't have to ask somebody for food if you need it. You should just be able to have it. Someone there. Oh, someone put it, the most beautiful cucumbers I've ever seen last summer. And I'm like, how did you do this? How yeah, did right? you do this? Because the squash vine borers like absolutely destroyed everything I tried to grow. But good for the good for that person. I'm glad they had something to share. Yeah. But yeah, I just like dream of of making a ton of prepared food and like stuffing those fridges full. And I know it's sad because restaurants also do it and they do so much better than I could ever do. But I want to do it, you know? I like that. There's a couple of food recycling programs. Then we're moving away from solar punk and just like, you know, good things that happen. But Mutual um, aid. Yeah, mutual aid. Like people who go pick up or restaurants that donate extra food at the end of the night because they're like food that's prepared like we're not going to save it for the next day it's not good enough to sell but it's definitely good enough to eat mm -hmm. so we'll, you know they'll give it to shelters or whatever and there's a lot of great there's like a, a non-profit that i used to work uh, for in conjunction with whatever um called city harvest in new york and that's their whole thing they just take their they get all the food from the nice restaurants and they put it in shelters and they give it away for free somewhere else and it's an excellent program and it's awesome because no one is no one's being means tested. They're just, they're just like, hey, here is good food. And we're going to take this good food and give it to people who will appreciate it. Well, yeah. And you think about how hard the past couple of years have been on people who are unhoused and that we have more people that are unhoused because of the pandemic. But then also think of the coin shortage, how no one is accepting cash anymore. We're only accepting exact change. Who does that hurt? That doesn't hurt us. That hurts people who are unhoused. Yeah, people you know? who use cash primarily. And also people have been less giving to panhandlers because they're worried that they're going to get COVID-19, which is not correct. And it's, it's, but we do as a society place a value judgment on being healthy and on being clean. And we see those things as being one and the same. And unfortunately, the people who had to suffer for it were unhoused individuals. So yeah, it's been a hard time. So what can we do to help our fellow man? You yeah, know? There, there's like a, I think you're right in like the American psyche and the American ideology. There's um, there's an equivalence drawn between being healthy and being morally like yeah, morally upstanding. Yeah. Like if you're sick in some way, you did something wrong. And that really comes to a head 
when something like COVID happens, which hits everybody. Yeah. You know, and but so it, for so long we were seeing in COVID that people were saying, oh, but my friends and my family don't have it. Exactly. Like they're, you they know, they were unmasking around their family because they were saying, well, they're nice, good people. So they wouldn't have a disease which yeah. affects us all. That disconnect equally. between ideology and reality. Hey y'all, it's Emily popping in to show you some new music. This is Five Year Plan off the EP Permanent Ending from Ian McEwen. Ian McEwen is a singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer from Buffalo, New York. They specialize in DIY bedroom folk music featuring delicate and haunting arrangements with deeply personal and emotive lyricism. All three volumes of McEwen's project, Songs of Fleeting Permanence, are now available on Bandcamp and all streaming services, and we're going to put all those links in the description below so thank you so much to ian McEwen, and i hope you enjoy five-year plan
Um, can I can I talk about Earthships? I want you to talk about Earthships. Okay. I think architecture is a great place where a lot of like cool fucking radical environmental things happen. Um, I like architecture in general, but there's a movement uh, called the Earthship movement where it's using, frankly, it's using a lot of crap, um, like old tires, which don't really get recycled into anything. Plastic bottles plastic filled with bottles. And they use these as building materials and for th- like thermal Thermal barriers is what they use them. They were originally designed for people living in the desert. And what it basically is, is you build three walls uh, filled with old tires that have rammed earth in them. So you literally lay a tire tire down, take the sand out of the desert, and pack it in. You know, rammed earth is an ancient building material that's really strong. But you use these tires as a way to, like, do it yourself rather than having, like, the two walls there. And then you build the hill behind, you know, the house. And then you the one wall is entirely glass, and it's built um at the position of the low like at the angle of the lowest point the sun gets where you are facing south so your house is now as efficient as it could be when it's summertime not a lot of you know extra light gets in and when it's wintertime a lot of light gets in so that the house is cooling and heating itself pretty regularly because it's insulated with the tires and the ramped earth from whatever the exterior temperature is and it's being warmed or not warmed so much by the angle of the sun but they do shit like also building walls where a lot of the material is empty glass bottles so that you know people build these beautiful mosaics I hate them, but, you know, they do have a beauty <laughs> They're about nice, them. Yeah. They're nice, yeah. Um, but, you know, these beautiful mosaics, mosaics um, the front of the house is often a greenhouse, so there's, like, a hallway of semi-exterior space. So that's my favorite part And then, about like, it. a wall into, the like, the interior space properly. But the idea, and then like, oftentimes they'll do gray water recycling, which is, like, your dirty sink water. Um, anything that's not poo-poo water. Your laundry. Your laundry is used to like water and irrigate those plants, so there's little waste there. And some of them go so far as black water reclamation, but that is very hard to do on a personal <laughs> level. Like, you know, there's a reason we there's not a lot of homesteaders are out there like churning not their using own night soil. Yeah, not what? using night soil and churning their own people butter. <laughs> but oh if it's yours, it's okay. It's yeah. when someone else's gets in the mix that I don't want to talk about night soil. Never night mind. soil, for those of you guys who don't know, night soil just means like when you use human shit as manure, uh, it's called night soil. And it doesn't a, not work. No, it's a great way to spread disease when it's multiple people because the exact pathogens that infect people come out of people. Yeah. But if it's your, you know, your night, your own homegrown night soil you already have those pathogens in your body because they came out of your body so you're not going to reinfect yourself with something you already had you know but what it's I mean? interest when it comes to something like composting right because i'm looking at my you know animals being like i have a dog i have a cat can Cannot. i compost you can't and it's because they are eating meat heavy diets from let's face it pet food for the most part comes from not great sources it's all the cast-offs from food that humans couldn't eat you know, that's what goes into pet food for the most part. That's what my pets eat. I'm not giving them the Hello Fresh cat and dog diet, you know? Yeah, it's not shredded chicken in a pouch. Like, no, no, and even if I'm it sorry. was, it's still, I'm sorry, it's not going to be the quality that people eat, you know? So, no, but that's fine. You know, that's. But yeah. they're fine and healthy and happy. I'm just not using their shit for my tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's also. Because you, know, you can like, get diseases. That's... You can, and even if they had a perfect diet, even if they ate exactly what we eat, their biology is different mm-hmm. than ours. Like they, they pass different things than we do. 
we don't there's a reason that Let's like cat shit smells so bad yeah, you know exactly there's a reason that we only use like very cow efficient. manure and <laughs> horse manure and even then you know every once in a while there's all like we have to recall lettuce or whatever because mm-hmm. those safe manures that we use like do transmit disease there's a listeria outbreak or yeah. any coli outbreak exactly so yeah no i mean it, it is it is dangerous to to be using animal waste of any kind but especially you know cow manure from let's say uh you know a a factory farming situation which is filthy regardless of how you get the manure hold on i just want to finish up the the earthship thing so what the earthship ethos is really about is like using as many recycled materials as you can like shit that you would get for free you can go to any dump in the country and like can i have all of your used tires that cannot be used for anything else and they would go gladly Mm -hmm. so grabbing that shit and like glass and plastic bottles that you can use for you know if they're capped on both sides that's extra air air insulates really well that's why we do you know like hold like um like pink insulation holds air in it and that's one of the things that create like a thermal barrier um but it's this idea of making these houses which in a lot of ways in a conventional sense are hideous but in all the ways that really should matter are ingenious and Mm -hmm. wonderful and fix a lot of problems like you can heat and cool a house without centralized air which relies on electricity which in this country is primarily burnt through either coal or some other form of fossil fuel so you know it's but if you can do that yourself or there are some who go so far as you put a big old pipe in the ground not for well water but for geothermal heat just because like couple you know 20 feet down the temperature is pretty consistent from the crust um so just really simple ways that don't require moving parts that we can build modern structures structures that the like the modern person having all the things that they want can do for very little money on you know in terms of buy, building your own house that make an incredibly efficient house that you have almost you no know, utilities to run yeah so you know and i love the idea of simplicity when it comes to these solutions because that's everywhere i've been everything i've done has told me that the best solutions to things are the simplest sometimes yeah I feel like it's it's when you talk about sustainability, a simple solution is almost always going to top out. Yeah. Because it's going to be sustainable in every sense of the word. God, I loved it when Elon Musk, who is an asshole, um, said something like, you know, like $50 million to whoever comes up with the best carbon capture technology. And some like the first comment was. So do I win if I just say trees? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like $50 million to the person who invents forests. Yeah, so <laughs> and old it's growth like, forests. Yeah. That's that's actually what's needed is, you know, simplicity rather than, you know, some high concept, high tech solution to something. So, yeah, sometimes the best solution, and I don't like using this as an example normally for other reasons, but, you know, pallets are free. And you can make a lot of stuff out of them, and they're, it's very useful, and that would be a very solar punk solution. But there's a downside to pallets, which is that they're often uh, treated with harmful ke- chemicals, and you have to look you out can, for that. You can look up. Uh, so but they're every, stamps. Every so. pallet is stamped. Yeah, I have, if it's kiln dried, it will say, and that's safe to use inside. And there are some that are like pressure pressure treated like lumber and you can't use pressure treated lumber inside regardless if it's a pallet or you know like a two by four you buy at home depot or whatever because those are those are poisonous um mm. like what they use to pressure because it's like a preservative um and they're meant for outside structures because wood if it's normal natural wood 
rots you know, mm-hmm. outside and what we do when we pressure treat shit is infuse it with a bunch of poisonous chemicals that prevent anything that would rot it from growing in it. Unfortunately, those same things which are poisonous to things that make things rot are also poisonous to us. So we can't use those inside. Yep. But yeah, so I mean, it's all about just not even getting creative, but working with what you have as opposed to what you don't have or what you could have. And these things are both economical and sustainable and very cool to think about and very fun. Yeah. But sometimes very ugly. But, you know, that's the 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 standard of beauty which sort of like attacks these solar punk solutions like the reason people don't like when someone plants an orchard in their front yard in a suburban neighborhood is something like well because of like a very middle class or hegemonic idea of what the american house should be like it draws down or supposedly draws down property value so like people don't like it because you know again with this you know people are you can understand right I bought this house as an investment and now my house, my investment's going worse because some guy over there is, you know, planting trees. And what would be great is if we weren't so short-sighted that having a neighbor who had a beautiful orchard and garden in their front yard didn't draw down property. Exactly. Uh, or no. whatever, you know, like, you know. Or plant just... a garden with signs that say, take what, take what you want. Yeah. Because that is what. Uh, capitalism fears right it, it fears Is people getting people, everything they need for free or people come that people getting anything for free and or people coming together and helping each other out i mean that's very counter to what capitalism is about which is i will help you if you can pay me yeah you know and it's like no i just have extra tomatoes sometimes you know and so uh it, I, that's why i like living where we live is because there are there are no restrictions just whatever is city law right so as long as you're not breaking the laws of the city like say keeping um uh pigs can't do pigs in richmond you can't do chickens you can't do chickens our neighbors have chickens it's one of the few you know kind of uh cities in the u.s that will allow you within city limits to to keep fowl you can't adopt them from the shelter whenever they take in chickens or roosters they do not let them go to someone who is within city limits which that's I think funny is very lame <laughs> <laughs> well it's gonna be some college kid in a dorm with who a has rooster a look Good. i want to wake up the old-fashioned way yeah no one else does and now you've got like <laughs> again like you can't live in the same space as foul that's the thing is there is a certain amount of deafness or tone deafness you have to to be to keep foul in within city limits because our neighbors would kill us they are you would kidding be me? so upset there's like three houses down across the street they got those chickens they just they have don't a have a cock. lot they have they i think they have a second lot on there i think they do too oh okay i thought you were talking about because no like in our calls. small no 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 space. that's too much but yeah and also given given our immediate the people in our immediate proximity and knowing that there didn't used to be roosters but now there's roosters yeah our neighbors like, would kill us they it would be a problem it would be a, a big but problem, that's you know a lot of that it's unfortunately that's a lot of being fucking punk rock about it you yeah know, it's just like you know what i'm sorry this is the right thing to do fuck you yeah um and there's nothing you can do about it but hopefully you so know, we're getting chickens then. in true no in true that was punk, the whole reason i wanted true to do this punk rock style you know you're always saying fuck you upwards you're never saying it to the left right or you know or down Mm -hmm. you know it's the important i think a lot of it is understanding what is truly important 
the the most important thing is that this planet is a hospitable place for the species which remain on it of which we are one of the number yeah you know and that's the important thing i think a lot of it is decentering us and like the human affairs that we want to do and all that made up crap like money which unfortunately we all need and you know like imaginary things like the right or the response or like you know the right or the deservedness to have food or whatever all that that made up stuff apart from like no we should all be able to live somewhere nice that looks like the shire that would be great and all of us are provided for everyone not those who you know for by whatever ridiculous metric deserve it just we're all in this together we all need to be in this together because this is the only home that we have so it might as well be a beautiful one and the people who are in charge right now have a vested interest in not making that so yeah absolutely so be solar punk take stuff out of the garbage Read Dune. Read Dune? We didn't even get to Dune and the episode's over. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, read Dune, I guess, and then do some of the things in Dune and then don't do a lot of the other things in Dune. Experiment and play. Do some DIY stuff. Figure mm-hmm. out stuff. Get a skill. Learn stuff because Don't it's bring fun. pallets into your house unless, you know, you read about bringing pallets into your house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just, yeah, read about stuff. Don't overspend. I mean, if you're doing a garden, don't, don't fill your raised beds with only soil. Just look up a couple different techniques. You can fill that shit with any, you can literally put recycling in the bottom of your raised beds. You literally can. And they'll, it'll just hang out there. I recommend glass, but yeah. Or, you know, find a, uh, there's the Swedish compost method, like, love that. get logs, some wood, leaves. Yeah, logs and leaves, you know, the crap that's all over the place. We used lawn, it under. we used yard clippings from last year, just filled everything with yard clippings and then, put and then dirt raw on top compost, like literally eggshells and banana peels and stuff. And then cooked compost, which is what when we it turns composted into dirt all year yeah. and smells like a forced fucking floor. Like every, you should compost because even if you won't use the compost, you can give it to, um, I guarantee there's a compost service where you are or nearby or a gardener who would love to take your compost and your kitchen waste. I guess like at the end of it, like there is no right way. There is no wrong way to do it. It's just a, I think it's a reorientation towards like what you want to value and something that's really cool to value, I think, uh, is the ability to do things yourself if you can, the you know, taking care of other people if you can, allowing other people to take care of you. I'm going to call it the four C's. Uh, <laughs> community, <laughs> collaboration, compost, and crap. You know, yeah. Like you can find value in all of these things. And doing so in a way that pisses off people in power is even better. Especially if it's little things like, I'm sorry, I didn't think that giving away fruit for free out of my own orchard was illegal. And, you know, having someone testily and through gritted teeth like the law requires that I say it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Help you know people what is out. illegal in a lot of places? Giving water. I was going to say, if your neighbor's water gets shut off, even though you pay for water services, it's illegal for you to run a hose from your tap to theirs. Yeah, it's messed up as hell. That's fucked. Anyways, help out your neighbor and give them water when they don't have water because you would want someone to do that for you. 
We're all in this together. And, and we're also on a dying planet together. Like, we are all going to be subject to crazy natural disasters. And there will be a time when you are in need. Guaranteed. So, it's a thing, like, you know, pay the, it forward. The planet, the planet will survive no matter what. It has seen worse things than us. It has seen 95% of species die Mm -hmm. at some points. That's not the point. And that shouldn't be the only metric against against which we measure, like, is it bad? It's just like, no, we need to make a planet that is good for all of the people who are here, as well as every other species with which we, with whom we share this planet. Mm -hmm. Like we we are not the only thing that matters. And in that certain subset of people who say things, you know, like, wait, and it's not just like certain people who matter. It's, it's everybody who lives should have a, a, a better quality of life. And every species has a right to be on this planet, whether or not it's beneficial to us, whether or not it's inconvenient to us, whether or not we would prefer not to have them. It's not our choice. We are one of a member of species in ecosystems, plural. Yeah. And we should start thinking like that. I agree. All right. We have a couple of people to thank, and I guess I have to thank them all. So first, obviously, is Elon Musk. Uh, thank you so much to Ethan Gustafson for the use of his music as our intro and outro theme. Oh, God, I never do the Ethan plug. I'm so sorry, Ethan. I love you so much. You can find um, him at somepointsound.com. That's somepointsound.com. He does a lot of great things, including all of the music for Outlaws and Old Ones. Pew, 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 pew. So we are part of the Outlaws Network, which consists of several podcasts at this point. So definitely go check them out. Um, Ethan has been really great in providing us with music for both Outlaws and Old Ones and Downtime with John and Emily. So thank you so much, Ethan. And thank you so much to Natalie Spitzel for the use of her cover art. If you'd like to see more from Natalie, you can go to her website, nataliespitzel.com or follow her on Instagram at nms underscore creative. Thanks so much, Natalie. Um, let's see who else. We have a lot of, we have a lot of podcasts and shows and stuff that you should, you should definitely, definitely, definitely check out. You can go to twitch.tv slash the outlaws network for a weekly TTRPG, TRPG. Doesn't matter. Maybe you talk about it. Sure. Um, so there's a bunch of shows that the outlaws network, um, does on twitch.tv slash the outlaws network. One of which is. Outlaws and Old Ones, which is an entirely improvised TRPG tabletop role-playing game that happens every Thursday night at 7 p.m. right before Critical Role. So if that's your thing, you're not going to miss it. Where they take a lot of suggestions from the audience. I used to be on the show myself. Um, it's entirely improvised, including the Keeper. We don't necessarily what it's going to go, so it's incredibly freeform. There's also um, Aprioria, which is a 5e D&D game that Emily and I play uh, with John, who is usually the host. Again, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. Um, I am the DM. John and Emily are players, as well as Brian, who is a member of the Outlaws Network. Play that on the first Saturday of every month. Uh, If you're listening to this episode, it's probably going to be the next Saturday after this one. So tune in whenever to see it. Best yet, just subscribe on Twitch.tv to the Outlaws Network. That way you'll always know when anyone from the network is trying to stream something either like a video game or, you know, a role-playing game or just there to chat. A lot of great content out there for you. 
um, as well as you can find a bunch of information about our associated properties. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. My name is Emily Downey. And my name is still not John Downey, but Taylor. And uh, mosquitoes, I don't care if you're part of the ecosystem, I will still fight you.